Welcome to the Wisdom Club podcast, where we talk to inspirational business leaders in our community that inspire us to lead a life full of wisdom and build a business as worthy of our wildest dreams. I'm your host, Leo Chen. I'm a tech entrepreneur, real estate advisor, and investor located right here in sunny coastal Orange County, California. And the goal of this podcast is to expand your mind and share what's possible. Welcome to the Wisdom Club podcast. I am excited to have my friend, my mentor, a great business person, and just the all-around great guy, Jason Fiela, on the line here. And uh, we're looking forward to having a great chat with him and uh, sharing all of the uh, life stories and business stories and all the things that um, he has gone through in his life. And that would be uh, very helpful to uh, maybe you. And I think it's super uh, inspirational. And uh, a lot of these things I'm probably going to hear for the first time. And I am uh, excited to to listen in as well. So Jason, welcome. Thanks, Leo. Uh, Jason, uh, you know, I, I don't know that you're going to, I'm going to tell all of them because they, they might come arrest me, but we'll, we'll, we'll tell some <laughs> of them. How's that? <laughs> well, you, you have a, you, you have a background in music and, in oh. rock and roll. And so, you know, uh, I feel like I'm, I'm talking to a rock rock star uh, oh, that has all kinds of stories, <laughs> um, even if it was just earlier in your life. Yeah. Um, and these are the kind of things that uh, we live for because, uh, you know, People like that, musicians and things like that, bring art and life to uh, to our culture. And so, um, I'm super excited to kind of hear what you what you've gone through in your life and what lessons you've learned. Uh, so, uh, if you want to take us back a little bit, um, tell us, uh, you know, kind of where you're from and um, you know what was your upbringing like and how how you got into music. Uh, Long Beach native, uh, Millican High graduate, barely. <laughs> no, I was always the guy that. I, I barely showed up to school, but I did, I did pretty decent. You know, I, was, I didn't have to put too much effort. Um, how I got into music, man, you know, I remember because we have a family cabin. In fact, it's been vacant for 30 years and we just started going back to it uh, up near, uh, near Palm Springs, like halfway up the hill to Idlewild. And I remember one birthday, I must've been six or seven. And it was, uh, my birthday coincides with something to do with the Beatles. And so they had Beatles A to Z and I, I sat there and that we had, there's a room with the pool table and I sat there and listened to the Beatles for hour after hour, after hour, after hour. And just that was, that was it, man. I was hooked. So, uh, and you know what, what I'm a drummer, uh, what got me into drumming is, I don't know, I guess I just, we're, we're kind of Neanderthal, like everybody, I, I guess if you're, if you're a musician, you're steered toward a surf, certain instrument. And uh, I just like beating things. <laughs> uh, that's awesome I, I think we all we all have that kind of uh, moment where we get get um uh, really in love with something and for you it was the Beatles um I I can remember similar kind of thing while I was listening to uh Le Zeppelin for literally like five years I would get in the car Le Zeppelin would be on yeah, yeah. whichever album whichever song mm -hmm. like over and over and I remember working at a um at a grocery store um, and actually at a, a convenience store at a 7-Eleven when I was probably 18 or 19 as a part-time job while going to college and stuff like that. And I worked a graveyard shift. And so during that time, uh, there was nobody in the store. So I was rocking out. I would rock it out. And, <laughs> yeah. and funny thing is, is one of those stores that the, uh, the, the, the sheriffs and the uh, CHPs would come in the middle of the night kind of 
come coffee. get their coffee. Yeah. Uh, they 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 hang out a little bit. They do their reports, and uh, you know, I got to learn a lot about you know law enforcement too. And um, but they would walk in, and you know, um, cashmere would be blaring. You know, like nice. and they were like, you know, <laughs> they're like, yeah, awesome. You know, you know, wakes them up. And so um, I can remember those times, and I imagine that something a little similar with you were like it's just songs over and over with the Beatles. It just yeah, it just happened that day. I don't know. It's yeah. one of my earliest memories, by the way. That's like. I don't remember much from my childhood, so don't dig too deep there. <laughs> <laughs> now, as opposed to you, I, I never, uh, I now I, I did have my stint in music, but it wasn't through rock. Right. And, um, you know, I, I never dared to pick up an electric guitar or anything like that. Um, when I was younger, I, I did end up later on, uh, you know, going to college and um, and taking music classes and uh, mm. become be, became a classical pianist. So I Got did it. that for nice. most of my twenties, and so have a, a a lot of rich, you know, education and appreciation for 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 music. And uh, so when when you told me about that, when we talked about that, you know, I really was very interested. Yeah. Now I'm not, you know, here, and here's what I say: like I still play. I I put it in my bio that I, you know, I I quit. So. The rock style life caught up to me before I became a rock star, if that makes sense. And I started doing some things that weren't conducive to good health and, you know, like probably would have led down a path. You know, put it this way. A lot of the people that I was hanging out with are, are dead or in jail for the rest of their life. So I'll just leave it at oh that. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah. But uh, but um, uh, I was probably I probably quit playing for, I don't know, 20 years. And uh, I, I attended a, a big church up in uh, the Antelope Valley, a vineyard, and it, big church. And uh, I went to a conference actually down here with one of the pastors. And I was bragging about how I used to play the drums. And I get a call one day. He's like, hey, my drummer's out. Can you sit in? And I'm like, uh. and that's been like eight years ago now. So I played pretty much not every Sunday, but quite a few Sundays. I put, sit back there and play at my church. That's and I'm great. not that good. I just make it sound good. How's that? that that's great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because because uh, different from you, I I don't have time for for it. And and when I want because you know for me to kind of get back into it and really dig into it, like I want to give it give it my 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 attention and effort. And with all the stuff going on in life, as you know, like it's very hard to do that. Now, if you're playing more casually and stuff like that, I never played casually. I was. Yeah you know, full in deep in all the music yeah, yeah. and the harmony and the notes and, you know, reading and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. so in order for me to get into it, um, it would take a lot of time and effort. And um, I always thought, you know, one day if I'm old and I can't do anything else, that I would mm -hmm. sit there with a stack of sheet music and I could play and and just, you know, enjoy my life. Yeah, no, we we, we get after it though. Here, here's the funny thing. I think the budget, I hope this, none of my church people hear this, but I think the budget for the, uh, the the music is bigger than the budget for charity at my church like i'm in a cage and you know it's i got the any the in ears and i get to mix my own mix over here but it's a blast so, so um you know through through music and obviously you had a uh, a lot of love for it and you wanted to make it a you know, part of your life and part of your your career at one point when you were younger so so what happened with that and kind of talk talk us to uh, what uh, what you went through well, again, I, you know, I'm not going to put details out, but a lot of my friends are no longer with us. Let's just put it that way. I started doing some things that I shouldn't have done. Uh, and, you know, I, I, so I moved up to the Antelope Valley to kind of get away from it. Um, we were, I was actually in a band that they never made it big, but they did okay. Uh, it was called Head Medicine. It was a local Long Beach band. Uh, 
and uh, uh, they became the Brethren Daddy. So if anybody knows the Brethren Daddy, they have a couple albums out and played here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was, I, I was in head medicine. I didn't go over to the the other group because again, I went out and explored uh, things that I shouldn't have been exploring. So I, I moved to the Antelope Valley. Uh, got married, had a kid, and you know, playing the drums ain't gonna pay for a kid and a wife and a, a home. So um, I was actually working at Kmart and the the uh, the undercover security guy, the guy that pops you for stealing stuff. His stepdad worked at a company called Clark Pest Control, and they were hiring. And the rest is history. So wow, I a- it sounded like uh, you know things happened really quickly for you. You know, after moving, you know, mm-hmm. meeting your wife, getting married, and then having yep. kids right away. Basically, you know, the 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 life that uh, everybody kind of expects, and you know, yeah, got right yeah. into that, right into family. I sold out. I like sold that. out, man. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so so uh, so by chance, you know, I guess someone offered you a job you know, at, at a pest control company and, um, what, what were your initial thoughts and, uh, what, what were you kind of learning? You know, there's people that come in, I don't know, this is the only industry. Well, I took a side road one time and we might get to that, but there's people that come in this industry and it's like, there's two types. They were born for it or they weren't and the born for it stay here forever. And the weren't get out pretty dang quick. So I was born for it. I get not the, not the industry. I hate killing bugs, truth be told, right? But I love serving people. I, my passion is making people uh, feel good, I guess. Or, you know, even like, I, I, I'm introverted. I'm, I'm good at one-on-one, uh, but you put me in a crowd and I'm, I'm like, uh, not a good thing for me. But I can, I can talk in front, of a, in front of a crowd. I can talk pretty good because I'm hoping that they get something out of it, either wisdom or enjoyment. And I don't know why I went down that side trail, but uh, anyway, I was born for it. I, I quickly became, uh, uh, I got into management of sorts uh, after a couple of years and about five years in, I, you know, personal computers were just coming out or I was, you know, the tail end of just coming out, we'll call it. And I found Microsoft Excel. And back then I think we was charging 60 bucks every other month to come kill the bugs. And I go, well, I did some formulas on Microsoft Excel. I go, okay, well, look, if I, look, I can do this. If I sell 10 brand new accounts this month that's 600 dollars i'll make this month but in two months that's 600 i start out with so if i sell 10 more in two months now i'm going to make 1200 bucks in two months down the road i'm starting out with 1200 bucks and i i compounded it out to where i was filthy rich in like you know two 2.3 years or whatever the case was but you know you know how we budget you know what i would and i but i love uh numbers like that's my uh uh, my happy spot is sitting behind the, now it's QuickBooks, of course, but back then it was Excel. I was just sit back there and do scenarios where if, 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 if this happens, that happens type of thing. So that's um, really the the business side of it. Cause it could have been any industry and you were just crunching numbers and like, Hey, what can I make here? And you know, if, if I can roll this over and compound it, that's something that, uh, that would be a viable business and, and, and the livelihood that you could provide for your family. I think any business that offers the chance for recurring revenue. Yeah. You know, cause that that's important. Like, uh, what's an example? Well, real estate, for example, you have recurring revenue, but they're not moving every two months. They're moving every, what is it? Seven years or give or take on average. So, yeah. 
that timeline's much different than than two months. Two months is an abbreviated timeline where you're like, okay, now if I can do this, 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 and this, it grows pretty dang quick. Yeah, and and like your business, since we're dealing with homes and stuff like that, you know, uh, luckily for us here in Southern California, there's no, um, uh, for lack of a better word, shortage of homes because everybody is living in a home. We're very uh, kind of big sprawl of of homes. We're not like, you know, in a New York City where everything's a high rise and stuff yeah. like that. And so everybody lives in a home or a condo or some sort of, you know, individualized structure, if you will. Um, and um, and for, for that reason, there's uh, always homes to sell and buy and there's always homes to uh, to service like like you guys you know do and so um and uh similarly i would think and correct me if i'm wrong because if you service the home you tented it or something like that it would be quite a while before you went back to that same home you know for recurring right yeah so two two it's almost like two different businesses uh, but it's it's one there's termite it's two different licenses, as a matter of fact, termite and pest control. Mm -hmm. So termite is more one and done. Um, and, 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 you know, and we do, we do, we offer what they call renewals. So, and I'm not trying to sell anybody my goods. I'm just having a conversation. You know, I'm, we're oh, not salespeople course. and I'll get into that no, too. But, uh, -huh. uh, uh, so termite is, uh, you might do a termite fumigation. We always give a two-year warranty. And then you might say, Hey, Mrs. Jones, uh, your warranty's expired. You want to renew it for 350 or whatever the number is. Um, but pest control on the other hand, and, and you know what, I don't push that because we fumigate more times than not. And there's two ways you can go for termite work in, in Southern California for drywood termites. You can, you can local treat, and then you can do a annual renewal where you have the guy come and inspect and treat. And over time, you'll get control of the termites on the property, or you can fumigate and it's done. Um, and you know what, you can fumigate once every 10 to 15 years and you're probably in good shape without us coming out every year. So, uh, yeah. and then, but then pest control is different, different license. That's the one where we come out, we come every other month, every third month. Um, and, and we're, our, you know, when the, when I started this company, we were coming out of the recession and it was, uh, it was, there's a story there that I'd like to share as a matter of fact, but. Um, we had to have termite work because there's four, it's four digits, not two or three digits, right? Like it's thousands instead of tens or hundreds. And so we focused on termite to pay the bills. Um, but now that we're mature, we're, we're definitely shifting our focus more towards the pest control and recurring revenue. Okay. Well, I, I'm, uh, that's really great, you know, to, to know about the, the, the two sides of your business. And um, I think, uh, there's a lot of our audience who are homeowners and, you know, we're in real estate. And so we tend to run around with people who want to be investors, they're homeowners, they're second homeowners, you know, things like that. And every time I run into someone who wants to like, Hey, I got to think this thing with termite or this or that, they have no idea like what it involves and, um, and, and what kind of maintenance and things like that should they have as a homeowner. Um, we just sold a home here, you know, nearby in orange, they're first time homeowners and, um, you know, they, they did some maintenance and cleaned up the termite and stuff like that, but what should the average homeowner know, you know, about termite and what should they, you know, look for, what should they, you know, uh, know as a homeowner to maintain and not run into problems later on? Uh, the number one thing they should know, it's never an emergency. Never. I've never seen a termite problem that's an absolute emergency. There's, 
you know, what I tell people is the house ain't falling down in my grandkids, grandkids generation. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and uh, what sets us apart, and I think it's important to share this, uh, 99 out of 100 of my competitors are all commission-based sales. And I think it's, I think it's, a, um, it's, how should I say it? It's a mortal sin if you're Catholic uh, to, to, to do that. Here's why, because you just said it. People don't know about termites. So you have a, a commission-based sales guy come out and he does a termite inspection. He's, his incentive is to sell you that job, not tell you the truth. Because the truth is, is that you don't have to do something immediately ever with termites, ever. I've never seen a case where you have to do something immediately, you know, and I've seen it where reports like, you know, we, we try to make a objective termite report. So you have termites here, there, and there. It's, you know, we have nomenclature and a diagram and all that. But, you know, we, we I get this call all the time, especially from realtors. <laughs> don't get me started, but uh Oh, here's here's premiums report and here's Joe Blow's report and theirs looks substantially more infested than ours. But it's because that guy's trying to paint this picture that you got this emergency so he can get his sales commission. It's different than a a a, a car salesman getting commission. I can go kick the tires, right? I can't crawl under the house and understand what the hell's going on with your termite problem. Or I can, but if I was the average average Joe, I couldn't. Yeah. So I mean, you can kick the tire, but you can tell that person that tire is no good, and you need to buy this car <laughs> or something like that, or you need to buy yeah, a new tire. Yeah, but it's it's, it's like di- that, right? I, yeah, I think it's different though. I yeah. I just think that the termites well, are, are Greek to the the lay person. Yeah, yeah, and and we run into that. You know, as realtors, we run into all kinds of vendors for all kinds of different things. You know, uh, pest control and termite being, of course, one of them because in California it's required. To have those reports, uh, you know, uh, pr- uh, produced for when you exchange, you know, buyer and sellers, uh, a home, and so that's required by the state. Um, but there's just lots of things that, you know, at the end of the day, it's ethics, you know, ethics in business, yeah. you know, and and uh, you know, who can you trust? Which is why I make it a mission. It is part of my business now. It's it's an added value in a way to be able to provide someone like you and be able to refer someone like you and say, hey, we have, you know, I know, I know Jason, I know his company. Uh, we have track record with him, uh, with all of our clients. And, you know, happy to show you, you know, all of the either feedback or any information you need in order for you to feel confident that, you know, Jason's going to do the right job, honestly, and uh, not, you know, trying to, you know, pull, uh, pull a fast one on you. Um, and uh, there's just we're just getting more and more into this world where you know people are trying to make a living, but they're not doing it honestly, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. No, we play the long game for sure. Yeah, I, I know if I'm honest, it pays dividends, and we you know we've been doing it for eleven years now. So, so so the so that's the that's the termite side, and then on the uh, the pest control side, I know what I hear the most is ants, 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 you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then more and more here in Irvine, we have um, somehow have a, a bit of a mice problem. You mm-hmm. know? And so uh, so we don't have necessarily a rat problem, but you know, uh, what, what, are you, what are you seeing out there and what should homeowner kind of like look out for and things like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, nothing is standing out this year. We, we go through cycles, I feel like. Um, 
when you're the last year, the spiders were off the hook. I mean, just like whew, everywhere we went, spiders, spiders, spiders. Nothing's really standing out this year. As uh, it was a lackluster year for for pest infestations, I would say. Okay. I'll show. I'll tell a story of 2018, October of 2018. I call it termite again, and I knew it. It was funny because you know we were humming. It was a great year, and and there was uh, two storms. One coming from, the, and it was going to be 100 degrees, mind you. There was one coming from the south, one coming from the north, and they were going to merge right here over our beautiful Southern California. And I, I kid you not, I emailed my office and I said, hold on to your seats. And sure enough, uh, we went from being booked out, I don't know, a handful of days to being booked out a handful of weeks overnight. I mean, boom. So that's termite again. But yeah, nothing standing out this year, Leo. Okay. Um, we we had a, a a bit of a heat wave uh, not that long ago, and what everybody told me was about the ants. So you are you seeing answer. that out there too? Yeah, for this. Yeah, answer this answer. You know, it's not a great ant year. I say great, great for the industry, right? But <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's not a bad ant year, but yeah. it's yeah, it's not a yeah. They're they're out. Sure. Yeah, yeah. We're still getting okay. ant calls. Awesome. Um, so I know you have some. Uh, uh, you have some plans. Uh, I mean, tell tell everybody about your coverage and the structure of your business, and um, and then beyond that, you know what what you guys are looking forward to, to growing your company and and uh, what uh, you know there might be other people who might be you know interested in partnering or uh, doing any kind of things with you guys. Yeah. So um, if I could go back, even because uh, I love to share this story, I think if there's business people watching, there's a there's a takeaway for people here. I had a big takeaway, like a, a defining moment in my life. So I, I, I grew and sold my first company, you know, the one where I was sitting behind Excel. I didn't get rich in 2.3 years, but I grew up for five years and did okay. Um, sold it. And my best friend, um, who is my best friend to this day, and that's an important piece of the story, uh, owned a, a termite company and I owned the pest control company and uh, I sold it. His partner was uh, was retiring, so I bought his partner out. Um, and my best friend, he's 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 crazy. He's crazy to this day. Like he's one of these people that he has these harebrained ideas, right? And anyway, this little guy from uh, San Diego came and said, "Hey, I got I have these people in Florida that are using orange oil to kill termites, and they're crushing it. Do you want to try?" And so. Um, we were the first people in Southern California to use orange oil uh, to kill termites. And we were on the radio and, you know, uh, Bill Handel. In fact, I've been to the Persian Palace. Uh, uh, Dr. Laura, John and Ken, I think just all of them. Right. Um, but anyway, the first day he put that damn thing on the radio. I don't know if you know the drag strip, the, the lights at the drag strip that happened to our phone and it never quit for years years and years um so i think when i joined the company we were probably and and we 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 argue over these numbers all the time but i think we were about 20 and doing about two million dollars in revenue to fast forward three years and we were definitely over 100 i say 150 but my buddy says 100 uh and but i know we were doing 15 million in revenue so that was a massive growth right massive growth for a termite guy you know i i think there's other industries that could but for a for a little for a couple, you know, termite guys from uh, the Antelope Valley, it was massive growth. Uh, anyway, uh, fast forward the next year, so that was the top of that run was 0809. 
Um, and so we all know what happened in, in 07, 08, 09. Um, so we went from doing 15 million a year with 100 plus employees to the very next year doing seven and a half million with 100 and plus employees. So we didn't make the moves fast enough to sustain. Um, I was the CFO of the company and they say the IRS doesn't call you. Well, guess what? At some point we were forced to make the decision to pay our team members or pay our payroll taxes. And, you know, being a family orient, we paid our team members and uh, they do call if the numbers are big enough. So I got the call from field agent so-and-so and, -so and uh, there was five of us that were partners by that time. And I think it's all a blur, but I think I got us all together and uh, uh, sat down like, hey guys, we do not want to, you know, it was a lot. It was a lot of money, which we had no, no access to. Uh, we don't want to go to this meeting. So we fire sold uh, part of our company. And, you know, it was the beginning of the end, let's say. Um, anyway, I tell you that story. There was three, three things killed that company. I call it the perfect storm, because I think if, if two of the, if any of the two of those things had happened and the third didn't, we would still be here today and it would be a different conversation. Um, first of all, uh, we were undisciplined. We all had cars better than we should have. We all had you know, we, we lived the life, you know, the, we, we took it too soon, let's say. So that was an easy lesson to learn, though. That's discipline. Um, the second was the recession, totally out of our control, right? We, even though we didn't make the right moves fast, and no, none, of, none of the world had lived through that at that time, right? Um, uh, and then the third thing is, and this is the one that I, that I hold near and dear, and is, it's the one that I, every day we think about it. Um, and actually, my partner here, is one of my partners from the that 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 debacle too. So, but the biggest one, and uh, Jim Collins calls it Packard's law, and it says something like, "You can't grow your company faster than your ability to hire and train the right people." And I'll tell you, by the end of that fifteen, you know that that hockey stick run, the the interview process was basically, "Do you have a pulse?" You know, oh, you have a pulse, you can get out there. So, you know, lesson learned. Um, anyway, we lost that company. I. I actually opened a, uh, a mixed martial arts gym, believe it or not, up in Palmdale. And that was, that was fun. I, I'm an enthusiast. I train Brazilian jiu-jitsu and my kids are all combat sport kids and we, we love it. Uh, it's the hardest thing in the world, by the way. Like there's nothing harder than, than training, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu or wrestling. Uh, but anyway, more lessons there. Like I tried to open this 13,000 square foot behemoth in Palmdale in the middle of 2008. So yeah, the numbers didn't add up. And uh, uh, so anyway, I, man, I have to make money. I went back and did what I know, pest control. But I tell you what, I started this company, like we did, we made that huge run on radio advertising and marketing. Uh, you know, I think we even did TV. So like, like mainstream media, right? We learned during that, that, that for a, a, a regional, you know, Terminix and Orkin or McDonald's compared to, you know, yeah. Famous Burger. Yeah, of course, mainstream media has worked because you're branded, but for a small company, it's a whole different ballgame. And so I go, well, what's going to stand the test of time? And uh, it wasn't TV and radio. And I said, and look, these times are coming. Again. I don't know if like, that feeling that I had in 08 and you had in 08, I don't feel it today, but there's something going on in the world right now right? That's out of our control. Um, but I know it's going to stand the test of time. And that's how I built this company is uh, building relationships. And so we started this 11 years ago with that in mind. Um, about 
seven years, and I'm getting there, Leo, I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> About seven years ago, um, I was blessed with the opportunity uh, to uh, attend the 10,000 Small Businesses Goldman Sachs program. And I've always wanted to be a guy that, you know, in the gist of building relationships, shares what I, I know, I know a, a little, a, a little of a lot is better than a lot of a little. And so I, I had an idea of maybe employee owned or uh, I came up with this an idea. My whole growth plan was centered on this thing called employee enterprise, where I would go and start companies in different areas where I find leaders and uh, be, they would be minority shareholders and I would basically control the company. And I met with a couple of attorneys that go, man, be careful. Don't tip toe into franchise area. And I'm like, I never even thought about franchise. And uh, finally one day on a podcast, I heard somebody say, uh, 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 a partnership is like uh, marriage. And I've been through many partnerships and I did none of them. None of them have worked out. I'm here. Right. Like not, not until now, you know, hopefully you learn every time, but a franchise is like a parent child relationship. And that was it. I knew what we had to do. Two years ago, we started uh, down the road of creating our what they call FDD franchise disclosure document. And two months ago, we launched our first franchise in, uh, in Ventura. He's crushing it. I don't think I can legally say how much he's crushing it by but he's mark my words, he's crushing it. So yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that, it's that's our growth model. Yeah, it's it's a it's it sounds like you've you've gone through you know a lot of business learnings over the years, especially over the last, uh, what we'll say, 14, 12, 14 years. Um, yeah. Owned a couple of other businesses, and then um, you landed yourself back here in uh, kind of the Long Beach area, is kind of where you're based out of now, yeah. and um, have grown that business. You know, coming you know out of the recession. And um, have have done well, uh, and uh, because you know the business, and you know, uh, uh, you know, learning from your own mistakes, like hey, you know, relationship is what's going to keep this, you know, going, and that's probably you know one of the legs that's gonna you know, you know s- s- continue to stand because a lot of people right now they're they're worried, you know, we have a bit of a downturn and um, people are tightening up and interest rates are high and prices are high for or cost of living and all that kind of stuff. So what what are you what are you guys seeing out there right now? I know a lot of business that we're uh we're connected with escrow uh mortgage companies, uh title companies and they're all hurting and uh, because there is a slowdown of you know you know sales and things like that when our business uh, slows down it affects so many other businesses. Um, how are you guys uh you know uh, seeing what are you guys seeing right now? Uh, because I honestly you know, yes, you know, the way that we were going, um, you know, a year ago, uh, you know, was not sustainable, we could not continue to go at that speed. Um, and so uh, things have slowed down for good reasons for, you know, a nice steady, you know, correction, if we can, but a lot of people are still very, very much afraid they're, 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 they're holding on for dear life, thinking this is you know 08 again. So mm-hmm. what are you what are you guys seeing and what you guys are you know doing in your business to either uh continue your business and um uh, do well as well as helping people out there? We're hunkering down. I mean that that I had a conversation with uh with somebody the other day, like and they were on the same page. They own a different type of service industry, but um 
now I'm, I'm hiring a guy on Monday, right? Like I don't let good people get by us, right? Like that's so important. That's an investment. I feel like I'm still, I'm still investing in key people. Um, I, I don't think we've seen um, nearly seen the bottom. I, I, I just, the average person hasn't felt any pain and I feel like no pain, no gain. I just feel like we have, we're not even, nobody's felt a lick of pain yet to, in my uh, humble opinion, right? Like I, I'm not a politic, I'm a termite guy, but I'm, I'm smart enough to know that, you know, like you got to tear the muscle down to build it up. And I don't feel like we've torn it down yet. I feel like we put too much money out there and not paid the price for the money we put out there. So, you know, we're, um, and the other lesson I learned from that big run and debacle is keep overhead low. So I think that's, you know, we don't, we don't, we, we don't have much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I, I kind of tend to agree with you, but we have uh, these things that are indicators of, of things. So first the stock market was down mm -hmm. right last six months or so. Then a few weeks ago, we had a big crash on the, the crypto stuff. I don't know if you follow. And so there's a, it's a, you know, you know we're talking about what I think somewhere around one and a half trillion dollars worth of money in crypto that just that's just lost you know mm -hmm. gone um and so you know these kind of like cracks you know in the wall if you will and uh um i'm i'm hoping you know no no one wants you know anything to get worse but but you're right like it you know naturally needs to correct before you know things can you know head toward a, a good place um and a lot of people still have a lot of good equity in their home because you know they Mm -hmm. just kept paying their mortgages in the last 10 12 years right instead of uh the mistake they made the the people that you made know mistakes wait, yeah and, yeah <laughs> buying <laughs> buying boats and <laughs> buying yeah. you know additional houses with no money down and you know their dogs are buying houses and things yeah. like that so so they stopped doing that for the last 12 years and so there's still good amount of money in the average household in their equity, which is why yeah. people don't, you know, uh, stop, stop selling their home at the moment because mm -hmm. like, well, where are they going to go? Where are they going to buy? You know, that kind of thing. So holding on to that. So at the, the end of the day, they still have a nest egg, yeah. you know? So, um, so, so we'll see. Um, uh, I'm, I'm hoping we don't have, uh, you know, too much pain, but you know, as you said, like we need to have some pain to, to get you people off. Yeah. 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 I, you know, it's funny. I just, I, ju I just remembered this, but it, and it was so, so front of mind when, when COVID first hit, like that run leading up to COVID finding people was a, a bear, right? Like it seemed like everybody was comfortable at their job no you know the, the, this whole everybody and like we were struggling for people and and covid hit and i wasn't happy about covid at all i don't think anybody was but on the on the bright side of things i thought okay well people are going to be laying off and this is our time to, and we had we had reserves right even before covid and i thought this is our time this we're gonna we're gonna capitalize on people are going to be getting laid off, you know, naturally, of course you can all these, and, and you just go and look for the cream of the crop and then they come and put how many trillions of dollars in there. So nobody got, you know, it's just, so we didn't, yeah, it was, and, and my, I, I think, and, and maybe we're one of them. I'm not so naive to think that we're, we're invincible or anything like that, but I think that there were some companies that should have, 
they were on their way out the door anyway, and they probably should have not, they should not be here today because they were not running their business right. They weren't, all the different things that you need to run a successful business, they weren't doing those things. And then the stimulus is, they're here because of the stimuluses and they should not be here. I feel like that, you know, right. And I don't know how, what the number of those are or the, you know, I don't know how to articulate it. And, and like I said, maybe we're one of them. I don't know for sure. Um, but you know, yeah, I think in total, we probably pumped in about $6 trillion into the into this country. We need some know? pain, Leo. That's all you, you know? just come on. Yeah. How do you not, you know, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta pay for that. You know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and the people that the 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 people that uh got most of that money was you know big businesses that were already doing fine and had plenty of capital, you yeah. know, but because they can qualify for it because they had a thousand employees or right. whatever it is, whatever the number you know? was, yeah. And so when it comes down to and and then for the rest of everybody else getting stimulus, you know, checks you know, is very little, you know, compared yeah. to compared to trillions, you know, we were yeah. like in the billions as far as how, how much was doled out to the, to the average household. Yeah. Um, and so the small businesses, I think, hurt the most, you know, yeah. because uh, if you were in any kind of retail that were a, a small business, a mom and pop or things like that, they lost their employees. They yep. had, they didn't get paid. They had they had to shut down. They had no no customers. They had no revenue and all that kind of stuff. And they got a, a little bit of money, you know, for it. Uh, but then you know, the, the, we'll never see those business come back again, right? So so I think those people hurt hurt the most. Um, but um, you know, I agree with you. I think we need to kind of balance out, right? Mm-hmm. So um, uh, well, I think um. I love the wisdom that you're sharing, you know, you know, have having gone through it, gone through it, and literally 20 years of of business experience. And um, I think we can't, nowadays, a lot of people starting their own businesses. uh, But, uh, you know, when they can learn from someone like you, like, hey, here are the core things you got to just make sure you take care of. And like you said, um, I'm the same way, Uh, you know, build a relationship, right, and do right by the relationship. And then go and work on all your other stuff. But mm-hmm. when you can take care of people, as all our business are are, are people business people based, uh, you know, uh, we want to make sure we do right by them. And I just hate seeing people getting a, a taken advantages, uh, advantage of whether they're, uh, you know, contractors, property management, and things like that, because people they don't they don't know any better, you know. And so when they get burned, you know, then then after that they they don't trust anybody. And then we we have a hard time with you know getting things done right because you know we're not able to you know share our expertise to give them the best possible because they just won't won't even trust anything you know yep. so no no we get it every day we yeah. get it every day I get yeah. it though it is what it is yeah. yeah yeah so when we have somebody like you I'm always hey go talk to Jason you know get this stuff done you you even have told me. Uh, from a, a client, a friend client of mine, and said like, "Hey, you know, if they can, you know, tent it and do it for less, like, hey, yep. that is a good price. Let them do it. We're not going to try to undercut. We're not trying to tell you we're better, you know, for less or anything like that. Like, that's a good, that's a good solid quote. Like, you go get that done, right? Yeah, I took that from our mutual friend Bill Tarazi's playbook. So <laughs> he, uh, he, he's, he's cut from that same cloth. Yeah, yeah." Awesome. Well, you and I know each other from, uh, you know, BNI. Uh, we're in a referral network. In case you, uh, you guys out there who don't know what BNI is, it's the largest uh, 
networking company in the world. It was originally started here in Southern California. Uh, we're based by chapters and by location. And so um, we uh, we spend a lot of time building our relationship with each other so that we can learn about each other's businesses and also be able to give back to our uh, fellow businesses like, um, you know, like you. And, you know, we'd be, be able to pass back and forth. And as far as um, referrals go, um, we uh, we just want the, the the best people possible, you know. So, um, uh, Jason, you've been in the in the network for how long? I've been in abundance for almost eleven years. But uh, until I started my first company using BNI, and so I, I think I have sixteen years. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, uh, I think we're gonna uh, go ahead and close out here. Wait, 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 wait. I got a question for you, Leo. Sure. You asked me what that that moment was, uh, you know, when I was a kid and I listened to the Beatles. T tell us about your bike, uh, your BMX freestyle. I don't know if you've ever, have you shared that on your podcast? Cause, I've never. Because <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I found some videos of you on YouTube, man. They're like old and grainy, but. Yeah, well, that's that's that was production back then. That was like real production. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like bands. Yeah. And, what was um, that? I mean, that was obviously a big part of your life. What was like? How did you get? Wow, you know, I mean, you were good. Thanks, thanks. Um, it was a big part of my life. Um, you know, growing up and and a lot of lessons because uh, when I came to the states when I was eleven, and by the time I was twelve, we, you know, of course, we couldn't drive and we couldn't go anywhere and things like that and trying to just fit in into the uh, culture here in the US and um, going to school. Um, uh, a quick quick fact is that I went to a, a school of about a thousand kids in the elementary school and I was only one of five Chinese kids, Asian kids. And oh, there gosh. was one, <laughs> a one, one uh, African-American kid and actually he became our, our best friend, nice. you know, and, and everybody else was, uh, was white. And so, um, so obviously was culture shock to me because I came from a country that, you know, we never saw, we never any, saw any, um, you know, uh, any other races really. And so, uh, but anyway, we, we had a love for the bike because that's how we got around me and my brother, you know, growing up together, that's how we got around uh, to the neighborhood, to school, to anywhere we needed to go. And so uh, following kind of that freedom that we have, uh, we continue to just hang out with more people who were first, it was, uh, you know, uh, BMX, where we can go and, you know, go on tracks or, you know, do jumps and, you know, things like that. And it just progressed, uh, progressed from there as, as uh, you know, BMX freestyle and BMX, um, you know, uh, uh, ramp riding and half pipe riding and you know, pool riding and all that stuff was started just like just a, a new trend that uh, when we saw what the what the skateboarding world had done, we just followed mm -hmm. that and then we used the bike instead of a skateboard, right? And so the freedom of that to be able to go anywhere to to meet up with you know kids that are you know love uh, bikes and love doing you know. Um, uh, you know, tricks and, you know, riding and jumping and all that kind of stuff, just like the skateboard world, you know, became huge to me. We did that. I did that up until I was uh, in college. Wow. And throughout that time, you know, uh, there were a lot of people who were recruiting for brands and things like that, recruiting for 
uh, uh, riders to you know put their brand on top of and um, sponsor them and and send them to competitions and send them to shows. And I was luckily was able to do that and had a lot of experience of you know those were some of my first years of traveling. You know, mm-hmm. uh, if it wasn't for that, I would have never traveled. It just stayed in my town, did my own thing. You know, had just a friend, you know, just a few friends. But instead, I uh, from a very young age, you know, in my teens. Uh, have friends all across the U.S. You know, it's amazing. I was sent over to New Jersey to do a show. I was sent over to you know uh, Salt Lake City to do shows. You know, and um, learned about you know that 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 Salt Lake City uh, was full of Mormons. I didn't know what a Mormon was, <laughs> right? Okay. Know? And uh, um, you know, sent to San Francisco, sent to Vegas, and just different parts of the country would have never had uh, those chances yeah. to do that um, if it wasn't for that. And I uh, have more more sponsored clothes and bikes than I could count, you know, nice. so, um, so learn, learn the ropes of how that kind of, you know, business worked. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, as I started falling in love with uh, music in my college years, uh-huh. you know, we kind of just made that transition because I had a car, I could, I could go anywhere yeah, yeah. I could. And, and then I was, it was time to take life a little more, you know, seriously. And, um, you know, if I wasn't going to go pro, you know, as a bike yeah. rider, you know, then it's time to kind of move on to something else. And so uh, I fell in love with music. I did music. Um, and um, and uh, from there, uh, became sort of a starving uh, music, music student, uh, a music teacher, you know, student. And so, um, so that's when, you know, tech started coming along and I thought, you know what, I can always fall back on tech with the right. kind of, you know, engineer mind that I was born with. And so, um, so went on to, uh, to do technology, which I've done for many, many years before I became a, a realtor. Nice. The funny thing is all those old, I don't know about the BMX world. I bet you it's this or freestyle, but like all the old skaters are like, you know, they're still skating, man. Tommy Guerrero, Tony Hawk, all of them. Christian Soy, they're all still skating, man. You can see yeah. it on Instagram. Yeah, I, I have, fr- yeah, I have friends who are who are still still riding as well. It's amazing. So, yeah. So and, and, so if, so if you're watching, go go YouTube Leo Chen freestyle BMX. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny watching those old videos. Like, oh my god, I just didn't know anything back then. Yeah, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it's kid, good though. You know. But uh, but we it, it it exposed me a lot of the world, so I'm I'm very Amazing. very grateful for that. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> thanks for bringing that up. Nobody's You're ever welcome. asked me that question. <laughs> Sorry, man. It was the first thing I did after we met the first time. I'm like, I'm gonna YouTube this guy. There he was. Yeah. So. Well, uh, thank you so much, Jason. Um, yep. You have a lot of um, knowledge and, and and wisdom to share with everyone. So I I appreciate you. Um, and uh, as uh, per our tradition of our podcast, will you uh, go ahead and share uh, the quote that you have uh, for us today? Yep, comes from Zig Ziglar, and uh, it's it's how we live our life. Uh, you can have anything in this life that you want if you just help enough people get what they want. Yep. Well, uh, you definitely help a lot of people get what they want, Jason. And um, I um, want to uh, congratulate you on all the success you know in your company and life and your family and and uh, and also your music so uh yeah. thanks for being on and yep. um, i will uh definitely have you on again sometime and then we'll catch up sounds good thanks leo all right if you enjoyed this podcast make sure that you subscribe to receive notifications of all new episodes and please give us a positive review and if you want to hang out with us live check out our YouTube channel where you can continue the conversations with me and our guests.